Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. One of the conversations we started having earlier was about the comments made by Ben Gvir's son. Quite interesting because we've certainly seen it from Yair Netanyahu as well. And they say, if you want to know who somebody is, look at their children. I don't know why any of us are surprised. The problem is the damage that they do. How do we deal with this? And what is likely to happen? The comment that Ben Gvir's son made implied that President Biden has Alzheimer's. Of course, certainly we've speculated and we've mentioned the concerns about his age. He's fallen a number of times. It's not that simple, but of course still inappropriate for him to have done so. Well, Dan Pfefferman, we've spoken with him before. He's a speaker, he's a researcher, he's a podcaster, and uh, he's Sharaka's executive director. Dan, a very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us again. I think last time you were somewhere on the West Coast. Are you, are you back in Israel at the moment? I'm back in Israel. Yeah, I was on the west coast of the United States on a speaking tour, and we were trying to promote uh, some sort of sanity, some sort of peace, uh, some sort of dialogue in this time of uh, polarization uh, across uh, mm. The United yeah. States and the West, I think we feel it in South Africa too. Well, I was going to say, we need that uh, three times a day with meals and maybe <laughs> continue for a week and seven days and see if that helps. I'm not sure it will yeah. because uh, balanced perspective and health is not something that we're doing so well with here. But uh, nor are some of the ministers, Ben Gvir, of course... <sighs> Uh, look, I don't have words for him or the words that I do have for him I shouldn't be using on radio. But now his son has entered the chat. Yeah, it's uh, it's as if things were uh, boring uh, here. And so uh, he and his son decided to, to enter the chat. Uh, this is the first time I've heard of his son. Of course, uh, you mentioned Yair Netanyahu and, and he's been well known for... Uh, it's not clear if he's speaking his mind or if he's saying the things that his father... Wishes he could say, but couldn't. Uh, I don't. I don't really know the dynamic here. Um, but he said something uh, very uh, insulting, provocative uh, to um, to the president of, of uh, Israel's best friend. Um, really, the only country that, at the end of the day, uh, stands up for Israel and Biden. Uh, you can have criticisms over uh, policies, but I think I think it's safe to say he has um, strongly stood by Israel's side. Um, when many other presidents and many other countries might have easily uh, taken the path of uh, calling for a ceasefire and condemning Israel uh, long ago. And, and so uh, Ben Gvir did the right thing in this case by immediately and, and unconditionally apologizing. Um, and I think he apologized son. very well, actually, because it wasn't a... Uh, often we look at these apologies very, very... With, with real skepticism. And despite, or no matter what he really thinks, Ben Gvir, he did the right thing. That's what it seems like. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's um, so, someone who's stuck in perpetual campaigning uh, similar to Trump in a lot of ways in the sense that he's, um, rather than focusing on, okay, you've been elected, now do your job, um, he seems to be constantly campaigning, constantly provoking, um, and seems more interested in, in stirring um, his own base rather than trying to be any kind of uniting figure. 
that's always been Ben Veer's mo. Mm, mm. Uh, he ran he ran a very sophisticated and effective campaign, a populist one, uh, last year that ended up getting him the the newly created uh, minister for national security, which is really just kind of a glorified uh, public security or police um, minister role. Um, and, and yet people complain that security is is worse. Um, than it's ever been and a lot of the issues even prior to october 7th were never dealt with and so he's he seems to just constantly be campaigning constantly doing media stunts um but he he is he's no dummy um people that i know uh, know him personally say he's um he, he is quite savvy he's quite sophisticated he is well spoken and i'm glad he issued uh the apology uh, immediately in the way he did um, and I've seen him before, um, when he wants to be more of a uniting figure, he knows how to be. Uh, and so uh, I'm glad that uh, his apology was uh, was quick and forthcoming. By the way, did you see the Jerusalem Post editorial no. yesterday? Oh, yes, it said, shut up, I think it was. Was that the one? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. But and, and that was, I think, before his son made the comment, or was it, or was it after? I'm not sure. I think the timing was uh, a little too uh, close to be coincidental, maybe. Right. One of the things that I've, I've mentioned to listeners, and I, I tweeted at the time of Netanyahu forming this government, was that I wondered out loud if Netanyahu would be able to control the tiger that he's ridden in on. And it, it is, does seem to be a bit of a challenge for him. Because while, he's, while he has a difficult relationship with Biden, and he always has had, they've managed somehow to transcend their difficulties of their personal lives in terms of the global picture of their countries. But it doesn't make it easier when you've got a guy like Ben Gvir sniping at, at the situation, maybe, especially when, we, for all we know, Netanyahu might agree with some of these factors. Yeah, it, by, President Biden, Prime Minister Netanyahu, have, have had a long relationship. I think it goes back to when... Um, you know, goes back to, to Netanyahu's earliest days in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the end of the day, I think while they might disagree on policy matters, they do have uh, Biden. First of all, I, I, I maintain and I strongly maintain in the face of critics here that he uh, is deeply a Zionist at his heart, mm-hmm. and and maybe one of the last um, true Zionists among the Democrats. Interesting. Um, did you say that there there is there is a civilizational aspect to it. There is an aspect of an America um, of Democrats in America who used to attend church and read the Bible. And when you attend church and read the Bible, you can't, especially if you're a Protestant, you can't help but hear uh, every week uh, how how the promised land was given to the mm, chosen mm, people mm. and how. And how uh, you know uh, bless those uh, who, who will bless them and curse those who will curse them, and, and that is something very deep in the American Protestant tradition. The more we have uh, uh, people, uh, especially on the left in the United States, veering away from from organized religion, from uh, especially from uh, Protestant Christianity, and then the more you have people who are not deeply. Uh, and inherently uh, Zionist to their core. There's also a civilizational aspect here, understanding and being proud of the role of, of the West, of, mm, of, uh, mm. 
you know, all the successes of Western civilization. And so Biden is one of these. Um, and, and so, and, and I think I think Netanyahu gets that. Um, I think Netanyahu, uh, to an extent, uh, as you said, um, is having a hard time controlling uh, this tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw it with the beginning of the judicial reforms when he looked very unhappy with the reform that he was forced to vote for in order to basically buy this uh, coalition, whether it's um, kind of the more right-wing elements within his own party, um, or of course uh, uh, people like Simcha Rothman and uh, Ben Gvir and others uh, from uh, from the from the Datilo uh, uh, Me parties um, and Otsman Yudit, who he had to form a coalition with because he was, of course, yeah. uh, boycotted mm-hmm. by the center and the center left and some other parties from the right, and so. Uh, it, it's clear that this is his biggest political challenge. I, I don't think he wanted to be in it. He traditionally likes to be in the center, have coalition well, partners. Because to then the left he could right. he could talk to both sides and hope that exactly. nobody holds him accountable. The 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 fact that Yair Lapid is is stating fairly publicly that he would, in the event of Netanyahu. Uh, uh, getting rid of or Ben Gvir and Smartrich perhaps leaving the coalition would that uh, does that does that dissolve the the government or is it seamless in that one goes out and the other comes in that's uh, from my understanding it's seamless as long as you have 61 plus uh, Knesset Seats. members mm. supporting your prime ministership then, then you don't need to disband um, the Knesset and um, and I'm surprised. This is the first time Lapid has ever uh, said, not just hinted, said that he would step in to support a Netanyahu-led government um, to offset uh, a, a potential uh, loss of support from Ben Gvir. So that should weaken, but that should weaken Ben Gvir quite substantially because until now, the power that is held is that he is the key to Netanyahu's uh, prime ministership. I agree. I agree, and so um, and so uh, I agree with that that statement. It, it should weaken that and give Netanyahu a little bit more of leeway um, in order to pursue um, in order to pursue this uh, potential uh, hostage deal that uh, Ben Gvir is opposed to. Smotrich may be opposed to. He was uh, less clear about that, and um, and so it would give Netanyahu a lot more wiggle room. Very interesting conversation indeed. Uh, that is uh, that is Dan Pfefferman. He's a speaker, a researcher, podcaster, and a Sharaka's executive director, talking to us about the comments made by Ben Gvir's son, implying that President Biden has Alzheimer's. And uh, the question is how to deal with that and how Netanyahu's government will do so.